Okay, and we're back on the Judy again. And this time we're with someone I've started to look up to because of his endeavours outside of football and in the media. And it's Mr. Palace, Clinton Morrison. Thank you for coming on, man. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. Last, um, it's a pleasure, especially like I said, like you're someone I look up to and we come from the same walk of life, same ends, more or less. And to see you go and play football and then be a vocal point at Sky is, um, it's truly amazing to see. And that's something I want to eventually get into. How did that come about? To be fair, it's it's a it's not a strange one. I think when you finish football, you're always one of those. You're thinking, what am I gonna do next when I finish football? What, what am I gonna become? And it's difficult because everyone used to say you have to prepare for after football, but I was one of those. I ain't preparing. I think I'll always be young, and I'm not gonna change. And I'm you know gonna be playing for upon years upon years upon years. And then all of a sudden, um, basically, I was just sat at home and. I knew a woman who used to work for TalkSport. She said, oh, do you want to come on to Sky Sports News and do a game? So I said, all right, then I'll come on and do a game. Let me tell you something. The first time I did a game, I said, nah, this ain't for me. Serious? I was terrible. And, I, and, on, and social media is a hard place to be. And I went on there straight away. People were saying, he can't even talk properly. He doesn't know anything about the game and stuff like that. So it kind of hit me. And I was a confident person and it hit me. And then I thought... I ain't doing it. And then I thought, nah, you know what? I am going to keep doing it. I'm going to prove these doubters wrong and prove to myself I can do it. Went on it and I just never looked back since then. Yeah, now you're on <clears> like <throat> the main faces, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm enjoying it. But I had difficult times, to be fair, because when I finished football, it was a struggle where your phone don't ring as much. Friends are not calling you. When you're there playing loads in the Premier League or whatever, they want to ring you every day and yeah. have tickets. When you're not playing, that's when you see who the real people are who want to be your friends because the phone stops. Oh, you're not important no more. You're not scoring hat-tricks anymore. So we don't want to speak to you. So I, I would say I was a bit depressed. I said I used to go, go home and just sit in and not really want to go out the house. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? So... I owe a lot to Sky because they've gave me that um, opportunity and that platform to do well in the media and other things have come about since I've been in Sky. But it, it was a dark place I was in at that time. And everyone will look at, probably look back to that and go, Clinton Morrison ain't like that. Yeah, no like Charles, this guy's the bubbliest, the biggest mouth in South London, <laughs> annoying everyone and stuff. And that's how I was, but that's how I am as a person. But then you change and I just went into a little dark corner and I was struggling, depression, but never really came out and said about it because it's not really me. Yeah, I guess... As a footballer, you're, you've got your life and your day-to-day, -day, everything's sorted, your regiment, you've got wake up, go training, yeah. and you can do your little bits after. And when that all stops, your friends stop ringing, as you yes. said. It is that dark place. You get put in that sunken place, isn't it? And then, especially if your friends stop ringing, and they're only ringing you for tickets, and that's you find out, I mean. that's, that's so you, mad. Then I say, they're not friends then. They were acquaintances. I should have realized they wasn't really good friends because my real friends would have kept on ringing me. Yeah. So I should have, I should have looked back. But when you're in the, you know, the joys of playing at Anfield, scoring goals, you're coming out, the TV are talking to you, you're going out clubbing after, and people are saying, "Wow, oh, there's Clayton Morrison scored yeah. against Liverpool," and then you got all your friends with you rolling in the club. But I should have realized back then they're not friends they're acquaintances your real friends would check on you all the time see how you are so i kind of learned a lot in that place it was a dark place and i only really spoke about it in the last couple of years about how i was really feeling back then but now you know you you can't look back you gotta look forward I, i've always said that and that was a bad place i was in yeah um i'm glad you're out of it and i'm <clears> glad sky are putting these things in places and yeah. looking after the um the footballers and stuff when you when you was on the verge of retiring because obviously it plays in your mind 
did you did you know what you wanted to do or you just thought I'm all right I'm comfy I've got a few houses yeah yeah, yeah. Right. I didn't I, I didn't know what I wanted to do you never think what you did you, no one imagines any young footballer listening to this let me tell you something always plan for the future because even though a lot of people would call me tight back in the days you always self London they'll say tight. I've heard this, yeah know. I'm not tight what I am is I'm careful and I think everyone's looking at it now thinking wow he is careful yeah. I still enjoyed it with my money when I wanted to enjoy my money but just be careful and as a, as a young player now just plan for the future because one day you're 18, 19 the next day you're 34, 35 and you're having to retire it just goes just like that and that's just the way football is so always have a future always have a, a good future I had a good family that told me what to do with my money and what I should do and how I should spend it and everyone knows about my mum we'll probably get onto that a bit later and she was sensible so I knew I couldn't go out there living that lifestyle how I thought I should be living that lifestyle <laughs> sure, so yeah about 100% <laughs> now we'll touch on your mum later um, yeah so I want to speak about being a pundit for a little bit um the way you are yeah and are like your tone I'm not going to say you sound hood and sound you yeah know, I've, heard, I've heard you say people say you sound like a oh, gangster oh yeah you say I sound but, like a gangster and far from it no way but I think you you make a good point. The way I am is who I am. I'm not when I go on there. I'm not trying to be different, and that is the one thing. I tell you what happened. I went on there, and I was doing a game once, and I come out after, and I said, "Ah, oh, it was a penalty," and then yeah. someone said, "No, it wasn't a penalty," and then because someone had been doing it longer, I agreed and said, "Oh yeah, it wasn't a penalty," because and then Ian Wright must have called me and said. Clinton, let me tell you something. The reason they've got you on there is for your opinions and for your knowledge of football and you know a lot about football. Yeah. So stick to yourself and be yourself. And those words always stick in, stick in my mind and to be myself. So when I go on there, I'm 100% myself. I like to have fun. Yeah. Football's about having fun. It doesn't mean because you're sitting on the TV, you can't have fun. Still be yourself, still express yourself. And that's what I do. And everyone, anyone will tell you, I ain't changing. What they, what you see is what you get. Yeah. That is Clinton being himself on the TV. No, I like that. I like yeah. that. But what I was going to say is, um, don't Sky try and media train you of how to speak. Clearly not with you because... Yeah. I think you make it enjoyable and then yeah. there's a whole little bit of banner that you have with Roy Keane yeah, and the other, yeah. mem other um, pundits but is that something Sky do where they try and train people to um... no, no to be fair it's a good question and no no one no, Sky don't do that they don't media don't, well, they've never said to me Clinton you need to go and um, do media training you can do it I know a lot of people that are doing it and it takes two or three years I haven't had it and yeah. maybe sometimes Maybe I look back sometimes and think it might help me if I did a year or two years. But now I've just learned so much. I do so much at home where I look, as I say, I, I like listen to a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of TV, yeah. watch other, um, obviously, pundits and see how they're doing it. And I just learn. Never, I always keep learning. That's what I always say. You never stop learning. I always keep learning and try and improve and try and be the best. And listen, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'll be honest, some of the things people say, they don't like me. But you know what? I've turned a lot of people around because at yeah. the start when I started the media, people weren't liking me. And now people, I get lots of messages. They're enjoying me, loving me being on the TV. And that's just because I'm being true to myself. Yeah, you're just keeping yeah. it real. Exactly. Saying, and that's all I can do. Yeah. Um. Also, while you, was, while you was at Sky, you had a little viral moment when you spoke about racism. Mm. I don't really want to get into like the depths of it, but yeah. do you feel like when a racist incident happens you're the point of call. Does that bother you or? No, you know what? That's a good point because I said, I said, I was speaking to my friend the other day and they were saying, 
it just happens to be every time I'm on, something happens with racism and I'm actually in. So I said to the guy at Sky the other day, a presenter asked me, why is it always when I'm on, you always ask me about racism? Yeah. And I, I'm not the spokesperson um, for Sky, for the black people on racism. <laughs> no, it's just I have a good opinion about it. And they say, the way you speak about it, it all comes from the heart. And that's yeah. what I try to do when I'm do talking about racism. I speak from the heart. But you have to realise, Sky have given me this platform to speak. There's probably so much people that want to speak that don't have the platform that I have. Sky are giving me this platform. So I credit Sky. They've been absolutely brilliant to me, giving me the platform to speak about racism. And they're doing a lot to kick out racism. So they're helping a lot. So I feel like I'm good and passionate and can speak about it. And it comes from the heart. Sometimes you have to be careful what you say. I wasn't doing a show on Sky not too long ago with Darren Lewis. And he, he basically, he looked at me and said, after I can't believe the way I was getting emotional the way you were speaking from the heart yeah. and, and that's what Sky do they give me a platform and they basically say go and speak from the heart so yeah. I owe them a lot that's what we need to be fair yeah, that, that, that viral moment was big yeah, it was and huge. you spoke the truth it's after like is it um, yeah I think a Wolf one of our, our yeah. Wolf episode and you know kind of like thought right like we kind of shook the room up and then Clinton's yeah. jumping on the back of it on yeah. live on Sky should have bigged us up but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I should have picked you up. <laughs> Apologize. That's nah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, let's touch on football. Um, I was doing my research. We're gonna jump up and down. Yeah, like, yeah, through yeah, your no career, worries. I was doing my research and I found out that the Palace chairman bought your Rolex. Yeah, 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 yeah. Talk us through that, please. Yeah, this guy's a joke. Simon <laughs> Jordan, but he's a good guy. I still speak to him now. I've got a lot of time for him. He was um um the chairman at Crystal Palace at the time. Me, Mikel Fussell and Dougie Friedman were going for top goal scorer. I think Dougie was three ahead. Mikel Fussell was four ahead of me. Yeah. So he, he bet me and he was like, he was trying to motivate me. He's like, I bet you that if you don't finish. Now he said, if you finish top goal scorer, I'll yeah. buy you like a Rolex. And yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. You're just chatting chairman. <laughs> but you know what? Okay, yeah, I want a Rolex. Yeah. So basically I said, I'm determined now. I was determined anyway because I sent it forward. I just want to score goals. That's all I love to do in football. That was my job, scoring yeah. goals. So I said, all right then. So I was just shooting. From, I wasn't shooting from anywhere. I was still playing my game, but I was just being more clinical and ruthless. Yeah. End of the season, got the um, we had our end of season do. We always used to have it at these um, big hotel, the Grosvenor Hotel in London. It used to put on a, a brilliant end of season do. The chairman did. It was magnificent. And he just presented it to me in front of everyone. Opened a box. There's a Rolex there. I said, nah, this, you ain't being serious. He said, yeah, it's yours. Took that you home. Love I that. was gone. Like 1920 <laughs> from where I'm coming from and be able to get a Rolex like that. I'm thinking, I can't afford to buy one of these at this precise moment. So I just took it and I was just, man started moonwalking out of the building. <laughs> Everyone's like, look at this big mouth talking. <laughs> did, did you um, did you understand that, what a Rolex was? Because back then, yeah, I remember mm. talking to my, my mates and stuff who know you and who yeah. are close to you. They're like, you're the first man they seen with the um the Jacob the Jeweler watch yeah, with the yeah, floating yeah, diamonds yeah, and that. Yeah. <laughs> but you must have looked at the Rolex and thought, oh, I'm going to put my Jacobs on. Like, that's going to sleep. Like. Yeah, and I did. I made it sleep. I made it sleep <laughs> for a few years because I was a diamonds man. So I like the diamonds, okay. the big Jacobs, you know, with the the white face in there. And I was diamonds. So And I'd make sure if I'm wearing my, my jumper, I make sure I put the jumper here like that so you can actually see it blinging. People will know. I'm just going to be honest with you and tell you how it is here. Yeah. That's how I was as a character. I didn't I didn't have a lot when I was growing up. So when I could afford to buy myself and treat me, shine on, I cheer it? and shine and let people shine with me. Whoever likes it, likes it. Whoever don't like it, so be it. I am who I am and I'm not going to change for anyone. But yeah, when I got a Rolex, I was like, mm, you know when you turn your nose up, eh? but now 
The Rolex? Yeah. Because I'm an old man now. I appreciate it even more. Them, them, them Jacob's cream crackers, not for me anymore. They're gone. Um, yeah, that Rolex must be worth a few bob now. Yeah, it's a few bob. I'm just, yeah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to give it to my my kids. I give it to my decent, kids. You decent. know what I mean? How did you get so close to the chairman? Like, what? If you're, obviously you've got yourself, Dougie, Mikel yeah. Forsell, big, big name. Yeah. Why has he chose you? To say to motivate like that, why can't you say to Doug yeah. if you finish top goals, like this is easy for you? I'll give yeah. you a Rolex, but you chose you out of all people. It's a good point. You're good, you know. You're asking <laughs> some good things. I like it, man. You're getting the best out of me. Yeah. Now the reason I think it was basically because me and him had that kind of relationship. He knew he had a good. He he knew when I first went in um to Palace to sign a deal. My mum was with me. He had a great relationship with my mum. If I misbehave, he said I'll just call Miss Morrison and she'll deal with you. And I was like, whoa, okay. okay. You know what I mean? So that was always when I was. Cause I had a lot to say when I was younger. I was chirpy. I thought I was the man. I'm not gonna say more than now. You. Yeah, even more <laughs> then. I've grown up more here. I can talk now because this is my job okay, and, but okay. back then I didn't used to talk I just used to talk rubbish and all the friends my friends would say oh Clint stop talking now man but you know what it's just the way I am as a as a character but yeah I just got on well with him he, he was always good and you know the problem is I think when a chairman um, signs someone he gives you a contract a pro contract you always appreciate him because it's your first pro contract yeah. obviously at the club and stuff and then you score goals and that's what he appreciates the most he saw my passion for Crystal Palace he was a fan as well yeah. and he just said he loved he loved how I was and how I was around the place and we got a good relationship. We still speak up until now. He'll always message me, tell me how well I'm doing on the media. He always says, I knew you could do it. So he, he praises me. So it's little things like that that go a long way. Nah, decent. I think he kind of like <clears throat> molded you to become Mr. Palace. Because yes. you are basically yeah, Mr. That, Palace. Isn't it? I've seen I've been at games where I've seen like you're like doing the sky bit and you're walking yeah. around and it's People are going mad. I'm glad you said it. Say that again. Say that again so people can hear. I like that. That's the one I like. Yeah, you're right, though. Even at a away game where they were playing Watford once, and I was doing it um, with Laura Woods, who's, a, who's really good, um, one of the best presenters around. And so we were walking around, and she was walking with me. And I knew straight away because I could hear the palace were right. They were all behind um, the goal, and I could I know what they sing. And they were saying, Claire Morris, and the whole fans. And you know what? Kind of got goosebumps. By then, I'm retired, but they're all singing but my name. Still and she nudged like... me and, like, Oh, you're the man. And I was like, Yeah, you know, that's how we do it sometimes. <laughs> but I felt good. You know what I mean? I felt good. And it's little things like that. Anyone will tell you. They love that. Even at this age, when I go back to Palace and I'm doing a game when fans are in there, you get goosebumps. But that's what you want. That's why you play football, yeah. to appease the fans and showcase your ability. And that's what I did. Facts, man. Um, and you've done your thing, to be yeah. fair. Um, let's go to Palace now. That wasn't. That's not the club you support, is it? No, no. I support it's, Tottenham. It's not even your local club, but it's a club that gave you your opportunity. Yeah, 100%. And you took it with both hands. How did that How did that come about? You say you support Tottenham. Did you ever want to play for Tottenham? Listen, yeah, great question. At 14 years of age, I was at Tottenham. I was there as a schoolboy. So my mum my used to take me, my sister from school, take three buses and a train to get to White wow. Hart Lane on, on time because we used to train there twice a week. And it was good. And I used to ball boy. Um, at White Hart Lane when they had Jurgen Klinsmann, Teddy Sheringham, okay. all these big players. So this, that was my dream. I was at my club. And I think, thinking about there, it was two players that went on to make it. Luke Young, who went and played a, a long career, and Ledley King. Wow, he was like a Rolls Royce back then, Ledley King. Oh, really? And they were the two players. So we were there. I was training. <clears throat> it got to 16, and they just brought this striker in. So I'm like, okay. So they put the striker in and I'm thinking to myself, I see the signs in it, but maybe I got a bit too comfortable because I was the main man, the main striker at Tottenham. Got to 16, no YTS. So I'm like, well, I'm not getting a YTS. No, they're signing this other guy. 
So I said, I went home and I said, I'm not playing football Wait, anymore. When they told you that, was you doing your thing or was you just like a, let me put it politely, a squad player? No, I was playing you, all the time. Would you like me and banging him were playing, Yeah, well, we were yeah? banging goals all the time. So I was surprised, but there was only one spot. And, oh, okay. and one of the coaches had just brought in, and basically had brought in another um, striker. So he preferred that striker. So I was like, okay, he prefers that striker. Okay, I'm going to have to work harder. I was working harder. Came to 16, no contract. So I'm saying to myself, I'm, saying, I'm going and I'm thinking, I don't want to play football. But my mum's like, are you mad, son? I've worked all these years, <laughs> tramping around the whole countries, taking you places without no transport. And, and you're going to tell me now you're going to give up. There's absolutely no chance you're giving up. She said, there's no chance. So she rang Peter Nicholas, who was the Crystal Palace youth team manager, okay. and just said, oh, can Clinton, he's just been released by Tottenham. Can he come there and go on trial? I have a trial game. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going. So even the day of it, I said, I'm not going. I'm just dragged. I'm not going. Drag me up. <laughs> Get your stuff ready. Go. Went there, scored a hat trick. The rest is history. Got YTS, got pro. But after my first year of YTS, Tottenham then ring back. They've made a mistake with the guy they've signed yeah. and want to sign me. I said, no thanks. No chance. No chance. I'm staying there at Palace. Made my debut when I was 17, 18 and never looked back since then. So, so things happen for a reason, you know. Yeah. I always think things happen for a reason. And you've got to have good people around you because there's probably been a lot of people in my situation, have been released and then probably haven't had people there to say, no, you're going to go on there and you're going to keep trying and pushing. Yeah. That's why, and I know a lot of people would say, but I owe my mom a lot. Without her, I ain't the person I am today. Yeah. Without a shadow of that. Because I would have easily have given up and I could have gone down any other different route. But she said, there's absolutely no chance. You are going and you're going to do well there. And I did do well. So I owe, it, I owe a lot. But that's, that goes to say any youngster, even if you get released by the team that you support, Never give up because no. there's always a chance to go and live your dream. Never give up, period. And even exactly. if it's anything, whatever you want to do in yeah. life, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Do you feel like your mum pressured you into football or pressured you to go to Palace because, let's say, it was a ticket out the the ends or mm. she's a football fan or she thought it's something you love and she wants you to keep going? At? Nah, it was definitely something I love. From when my, I was younger, mum said I always had a ball walking around the under centre, kicking balls, security chasing me. But <laughs> that was just me. And if everyone knows, they don't know the under centre. In, South in ones with Southside now, <laughs> innit? All posh now. So yeah, I used to kick the ball. So she was like, I know how much um, I want it. I was just saying I didn't want to play because I was hurting from being rejected by yeah. Tottenham. Probably in about four or five months later, I would have decided and it might have been too late. But so there was a trial match. It was an opportunity. So it was never a ticket for her to to move out because she'd never one been worried about stuff like that. Whatever I had growing up in Elliot Court, where I grew up in Wandsworth, that was down to her. I always looked good when I went out, respectable. Yeah. If I can have the best trainers, the best boots, I'd have the best boots. So that's how my mum was. She was brilliant. I always remember times she was struggling. It was a struggle for her. We had a, a, um, a sports shop in Naando, Steve Sports. Mum would have to say, can I have the best boots? At the time were Jomas, the best boots. Yeah. Can my son have the best boots? I can't afford to pay you. And this is why I owe a lot to Steve Sports, the guy who owned it, Steve, brilliant guy. And she said, basically she just had to pay £10 a week because that's how okay. much she was struggling yeah. but I, she wanted me to have the best boots and that's what she did and it was a struggle but yeah she's reaping the rewards now yeah you paid sure. her back tenfold yeah, didn't yeah. It? and then when I tell her I pay her back that, that she said no you never stop paying me back she makes me know I need more <laughs> <laughs> no, decent, um, yeah. Arndale said that brings me back man yeah. um, are you from like you're from 
that Wandsworth. Yeah, it? yeah, it's South Was London. You... Wandsworth, and I grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Wandsworth, but I knew everyone in Battersea, Clapham Junction, and everywhere because I used to go and play York Gardens Sports Centre and stuff yeah. like that. And we had some talented boys in playing for our team on a Saturday. Our, our team on a Saturday. York Gardens. We used to play against Dodderton and the, the the rivalry was fierce. But it was brilliant. It was, yeah, it was all, very good. Yeah. But it, yeah, there's some talented boys that have come from the area for sure. What was life growing up in Wandsworth? I know when I used to go into Southside and check my friends in that, it used to be like the, the pissy lift and, you know. Yeah, but it was a problem. Work. And listen, I don't use lifts. Everyone knows that. So <laughs> I had to walk the stairs. And bad times I'm walking up the stairs and it's horrible and stuff. And I'm saying... Yo, there's a drunk man, but I'm 12 and there's a drunk man. Hey, I'm sprinting <laughs> up the stairs and the door, you had to have the um the, the no, fob, the fob yeah. to get through. Sometimes I'm thinking this fob better get me through because there's a drunk man. He ain't doing nothing to me, but I'm a young boy walking up the stairs because I'm not using the lift. Yeah. And I was scared, you know what I mean, at them times growing up like that. So it was difficult. It, it, it was difficult, but we had, um we used to go on this. There was a green where we, all the boys would go out. Yeah. I always remember I was youngest one day and some of the older boys there would pick me up take me onto the green and, and play. My mum could see from the window because yeah. she weren't letting me out of her sight without a shadow of that. And I went there and I used to be light, lively, taking on the big boys. And then these all the big ones would say, he's going to make it as a pro because they just knew my determination. And even there, if they weren't out there, I'd always go after school, get a ball, there was a wall, and just ping the balls in and work on my touch. And yeah. I'd do it myself. And then my mum would watch. She could see, call me out for dinner, go do it. Then I said, can I go back for an hour? And she said, yeah, you can go back down for an hour. So she always knew I wanted to be a footballer. That's why she helped me a lot. But yeah, growing up there, it, it wasn't the nicest, but I appreciate where I come from. That's my area. That yeah. I grew up there. Everyone has a struggle in life, but everyone has a tell has a story to tell. Oh. My story ended up really well, but I loved where I grew up. I think people that grow up in them sort of environments, it gives them that. Gr I'm not. I'm not knocking. No, you know, I know what you're trying I'm, to say because what you're gonna, what you, 100, what you're saying is when you're growing, grow up in them areas, you want more and you push yourself more to get out of those areas and have the nice lifestyle. Where maybe what you're saying now is people who have a nice lifestyle, do they want to push that extra yard yeah. to be a professional even on the footballer? Pitch, even on the pitch, yeah. like you can, like when I'm coaching, I coach kids from loads of demographics and yeah, the kids from better uh, better backgrounds they're quite nice on the pitch whereas the kids from rougher backgrounds are quite aggressive and yeah, they want it more and they want it more because i think they, they're playing with older players and stuff 100 they've got yeah, to look yeah. after themselves you're spot it? on and that's how it was for me i wanted it i wanted to get my mum into a house i didn't want her to be in a council flat me and my sister in a two-bedroom council flat and there's three of us mm. in there times mum has to sleep on the sofa and me and my sister are getting our own rooms i don't want that for my mum no yeah. way is my mum is the sole person who brought me up so i wanted the best for her i wanted her to have a big house a garden and stuff have nice cars and that's what i did and that was the that is the reason why i made it she pushed me even harder and showed me the de determination to go and be that guy and try to get out of obviously where we live and stuff like that and give her the give her the house that she's got now so that's all i was trying to do is try and be the best i can for my mom and also for myself yeah for those who don't know from what i've heard i don't know yeah. your mom but your mom's like a pillar was a pillar in the community oh, yeah. she's like if she if she knew you and you was doing a, a madness on it she would hot you up on the street oh i actually used to hot up like your teammates and stuff hot up all my teammates <laughs> i don't know how my teammates put up with her i still say to them why why did you let my mom talk to you like that it's respect man your <laughs> mom yeah. she earns the respect in south london miss morrison earns the respect i don't think there's anybody that you could speak growing up in my time or even the younger ones would disrespect my mom if they've got problem with me they'll say they have a problem but with her 
She's polite to everyone and she just wants the best for everyone. That is what she was growing up. Miss Morrison. Everyone wants to, but the biggest mouth in, in <laughs> South London. And if she tell, she's got something to say, she will tell you it. Whether it's right or wrong, it's right you're because she lie. said it and yeah. you're going to know yeah. about it. But she wouldn't let me out. She wouldn't let me out. I wanted to go out with my friends on the street. She wouldn't let me out. And you know what? To this day, I respect her wholeheartedly because she was saying, I want you to concentrate. I want you to be a footballer. I know you can be a footballer because that's what you want. And I'm not letting you go out. So I know a lot of people say I spoke a lot about my mum, but she's the diamond, man. Without her, yeah, I ain't the person I am today. Yeah. But she does hot up a lot of people. And it was worse when we're playing on the football on a Saturday. So if I've missed a shot, I always remember this because all my friends tell me about, I missed a shot and I'm not having a good game. She's there and I was a big mouth on the pitch. She's cussing me on the side of the pitch. I'm saying, mum, shut up, man. You're not even playing. Stormed on the pitch, said, um, grabbed me by my shirt and said, listen, fix up yourself. You're a much better footballer than that. You should be doing better. Went out the second half, scored wow. four or five goals. And that's what you, sometimes I needed because I couldn't get too complacent. And she would give me that, you know, hey, sort yourself out. So, yeah, she's brilliant, man. She's brilliant. Everyone would tell you that anyway. You say you're a father now. Spoil. Yeah, two boys, two boys, two boys. Are you pushing that? Are, are you having the same model of... Um, what's well, the listen, this is the, I know what you're trying to say. Am I pushing them to be professional footballers? Not for professional footballers, but to love the game. Like, your mum didn't push you to be a professional, but yeah. she pushed you to love, to carry on doing what you love, and that made you go on to be a pro. Yeah. Are you giving them yeah, that I, same... I'm giving them that. I push my boys. I, I always say to them, you're going to come back and see where I was grew up and how hard it was for me to, to give you this good lifestyle now for sure. And listen, it's difficult now because my son, my oldest, he's 15 now. He was in the academy at Forest. He's a brilliant player. Yeah. But he's, he's dropped out. He's fell out of love with football because four or five days a week he was going and he was just playing football and he wasn't having time to enjoy and being a, you know, a child. Yeah. And so, and then I've got my youngest scouts are ringing me for Derby, Everton. He don't want to go into academy just yet because he's enjoying playing with his friends because he saw how much my oldest didn't like it. So okay. now my oldest has took time out of it, like from football, but it was hard. I was pushing him all the time on the touchline and I was doing exactly what my mum was doing. He didn't like it. Okay, it was yeah. too much pressure on him. And then you're thinking, hold on, that's my son. I've, whether he be a footballer or not, it's still I'm a still a father. I've got to be a role model. He might not want to be a footballer. I can't push him because I was a footballer. And because what worked for my mum doing that to me, it might not work for him. So I've got to be different. And I'm there thinking, I'm falling out with my son yeah. because he don't want to be a footballer. When it's time to go training, he's like, I don't, I don't want to go. And I'm forcing him to go. And he's not really enjoying it. So I'm thinking, have time out from football. And I think he'll come again. And now he's probably just starting to say to me, I want to start playing yeah, grassroots again. So, and then it, Forrest have always said that he might have the opportunity of going back to academy, but nah, they're both good footballers. I'm, I wouldn't sit here and tell you my sons are not good footballers if I didn't think they have a chance. They've both got a chance, but it's just how they do it. And I don't want to be that pushy parent because I was like that with my older son and it was totally different. I think times have changed. Yeah. Where back then, what was good for me is not good for good, my yeah. son. So that's that. what I've learned a lot about parenting skills as well. No, I hear that. Um, let's go back to football. Um, you're doing your thing at Palace. Yeah. I heard you could have got a move to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. But I was it gutted. fell through. Oh, I was gutted. Gutted. What happened? Gutted. We were like, we were still in the youth team. It was me and Hayden Mullins. And I think Arsenal had just put like a 
it was a three million um, package together. I always say two point five was for me and half a million was for him because <laughs> I was the goal scorer. He's the defender midfielder. He still to this day said, "Nah, you're lying." It was one point five each. Yeah. But yeah, they were interested. But we were both in the first team. But I just wanted to go because it was a chance to work with Arsene Wenger, one of the best managers yeah. there was in the Premier League. And even if I never played in the first team, still... I would have been learning from players like Bergkamp, Ian Wright. At the latter end of his career, Thierry Henry comes in, Patrick Villa. These sort of players, it's a dream. Yeah, I, I played against them, but to be there and learning from them would have been brilliant. But Palestine let us go and in the end, it kind of moved on. But that's a big regret I have from never really going to play for Arsenal. So Palestine let you go? No, they, 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 they didn't even... It. They so blocked it. So that's out of your hands there. You yeah, can't regret that hands. then, isn't it? I, no, I don't regret it in terms of the decision I made. Yeah. Obviously what Palace made, I, that's the only thing I'd say kind of, I was a bit disappointed, but I can understand why Palace are doing that. Where they where prize assets. They don't want to let two of their best players that just broke into the first team okay. go to Arsenal. So I, here now I can sit here and say, yeah, I was gutted about it, but I understand why Palace done it. All right. As Mr. Palace, yeah, yeah. a scenario like, let's say Wilf, he was destined to leave, yeah. but then they outpriced him. I know he's bit, he's now your understudies yeah. for Mr. Palace. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, you know, stop him. him and yeah. stop him from going. How do you think that affects a player? Like you were young, so you were you're breaking into the first team. Yeah. So you're at Palace. You don't care. You yeah, want to yeah, Arsenal, exactly. but you're right. But Wilf, he's done his dues. Yeah, he's maybe been, it's time to. I've said it. I, I say it all the time. Wilf's been outstanding at Crystal Palace. The, the things he can do with a football are frightening. Are he needs to be? I think he's good enough to go to a Champions League team, and I think that's what he wants to do. Yeah. So I think a lot of Palace fans will say if Wilf goes um at the end of the season they'll hold their hands up and say he's gave us great years at yeah. this football club but it's difficult and I can understand why the chairman wants to keep him because Palace's record when Rufus Zaha is not playing they don't win a lot of matches he is the main man everything's yeah. on his shoulders so I, I kind of get it from a business point of view with the Palace chairman thinking I don't want to sell him because I need to be in the Premier League yeah. but then I understand it from Wilf where he needs to get that move he's an exciting player he's one of the best dribblers in the Premier League so I think he'll, he'll get that move eventually yeah you want to win something yeah of course he does yeah. You don't hey, listen at the end of the career you can say oh I've got um, loads of money but then you've got no medals to show for it. He wants to win something for sure. Say, I played Champions League football. And also, he's had a taste of it, being at Man United. Yeah, it yeah, didn't yeah. work out. So yeah. now he wants to go and prove people he's good enough to play for yeah. a top four team. When you were playing, like your generation, it seemed like unless you're an established player, you can't be as bubbly and as loud as yourself. Yeah. Did that ever, obviously it didn't, you went on to like yeah. be a big player. Yeah. Did that ever cause a stumbling block at any point or what me being loud? Be yeah, be your personality. Oh yeah, my personality caused stumbling blocks throughout my career. Like sometimes people didn't want to take me because people would say He's a problem. He's got really? a bad attitude. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, because I ain't going to lie. I was loud. I'm still loud now, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. I've actually toned it down a bit and everyone will <laughs> laugh at you and, and look how much I'm talking now because I could talk for fun. Yeah. But yeah, there's certain things and the way I've acted um, when I was younger, I should have probably respected my managers a bit more. I used to, you know, disrespect managers if they said they're taking me off. I'd be like, nah, you know, I'm not coming off. But I'm what, during the game? Yeah, during the game. It happened at Crystal Palace. Um, I was top goal scorer. We played, it was a championship game. We played crew away. We were losing 2-0 and he made a change. But I'm saying, there's two other strikers on the pitch. You're taking me off. I'm top goal scorer. So he said, you're coming off. Trevor Francis, was it? Yeah. So I said, I'm not coming off. But this is half-time team talk. <laughs> Remember, we got 15 minutes. He needs to get his team talk to try and get us back in the yeah. game. So he's like, so 
he said, you're coming off. I said, I'm not coming off. And every time he says something during the team talk, I said, you're rubbish. So I stopped him talking. You're rubbish, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. For the you're whole... saying this to the manager? Yeah, in front of everyone. So I'm just saying it. And I don't mind being honest no. and telling you this because it's not something I'm proud of. Yeah. But I'm saying I shouldn't be acting like that. Yeah. As a professional, I shouldn't be. But I just lose my rag because I want to play football. It's all I've ever known. I love the club. I didn't want to come off. So and I thought I could turn it around. And even in the shower, one of some of the pros went, oh, go and have a shower. I'm still shouting at him, cussing him. In the end, he manages to get five minutes. But we end up losing the game anyway. Yeah, but, yeah I get fined by the chairman and stuff. But <laughs> it's just little things that you've got to show respect to the manager. And back then, I look at it because I'm hot-headed. Yeah. You fly off the handle. But have to respect them. Did you end up coming off in that game? Or yeah, I came <laughs> I did come off. I had to come off. I had to. He's not going to... If he goes back on his word then he looks like he's weak. He's lost the dressing room. Yeah. He has to make the decision to take me off because no player is bigger than um, the club or the manager. Well, it shouldn't be. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. that happened, then he would have to really consider himself. Okay. Who would you advise? Say, say there's there's players out there that get criticised a lot just for being characters or... You can, you can get criticised for having colour in your hair. Like Pogba gets hammered. Yeah. Not saying he's a bad egg or whatever. What? Who would you advise? The club to nurture the, the player or the player to tone it down? Who would you speak to? What? Oh, for being loud and stuff like that. What? Just just see players that are seen as bad eggs. Bad, yeah, but that that makes me laugh, this bad eggs. Because well, what makes a, a player a bad egg? Because you if someone me. wants to, Paul Pogba wants to put blonde in his hair. I used to put blonde in my hair. Did that make me a bad egg? That's what I'm saying. People can judge you before they, they, um, before they actually know you. Your teammates, your management will know you, but you'll see fans on social media go, oh, he's a troublemaker. I used to get it all the time. Yeah. People say, don't sign Clinton Morrison. Why? Because he's a troublemaker. He's disruptive. He'll cause arguments in the dressing room. We want to argue with people. We want to argue with people. But when we cross that white line, if you're not doing your job, I'll you tell got, you, you you're not doing him, yeah, your yeah. job. And if you don't like it, don't like it. But you know what? When we come off the pitch, I'll still be your friend. Yeah, We're cool. Humble, yeah. But on the pitch, I want to win. I, I, I want to be the best. If you don't want to be the best, then you might as well move the other direction. But I think going back to that one, I think the player can handle it. It's different now than when I was playing. Yeah. Totally different. More on social media, you get scrutinised, you get judged and everything. So maybe you have to tone it down a bit. But at the same time, I think the, the club can help him as well by saying, well, this person's not a bad egg. He's great. He does a lot of stuff through the community for charity and yeah. stuff. And Paul Pogba is a prime example. He's a fantastic player. And I like it. Why can't he dye his hair blonde and blue and stuff like that? He's a brilliant player. He's won the World Cup. You can't argue with Paul Pogba. You have to chat to your boy as soon as about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Away from, like, we won't get into that. Um, away from that, your personality has it. Have you got rubbed up people the wrong way? Oh, like you said something about Michael Owen. Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't even see the Owen thing. The Owen thing's wrong at this precise moment. I've scored twelve in twelve games. I'm flying at Crystal Palace. We play Liverpool in a semi final of the cup. Owen's missed chances and Mill Heskey's missed chances. And Hess is my boy. We yeah. speak all the time. Missed chances. So. The media after the papers have asked me a question. Did the form you're in at the moment, no, would you have put those chances away that Owen and Hesky missed? I said, yeah, because the form, I was confident. Yeah. I came out the dressing room. I was, I had my suit on. The chops were swinging. The bag was there. <laughs> I felt good in myself. You know what I mean? South London, I'm just representing. I just, we just beat Liverpool. I just scored the winning goal. You know what I mean? But we got the second leg. So I'm thinking there's trouble coming because we got the second leg. So I've just come and said, yeah, I would have scored. The form I'm in, I would have scored. Yeah. Next thing you know, Three, four days later, I go into training and all the players are looking at me. Oh, Clint, man, you're always talking. I said, yeah, of course I'm talking. I'm Clint and that's what I do. And they were like, no, <laughs> you're talking to the paper. So I'm talking to the paper now. And obviously, and obviously it comes in the headlines. It's Clinton Morrison will teach Michael Owen 
how to score goals. Let me tell you something. I'm not teaching Michael Owen how to score goals. He's one of the best strikers there ever was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's won loads of loads of stuff in the game. He's an excellent striker. So I would never have done that. And then it's so be it that obviously they run the story. We play the second leg. They don't need a team talk. They don't need a team talk in <laughs> Liverpool. Put your... They put that up there. We get slapped 5-0. So we lose 5-0 at Anfield. But the best bit is yet to come. Hear this now. In front of the cop end, the ball comes in. I'm thinking, here we go. I'm going to volley this in. Pure air shot. Air shot. You shanked it. No, missed, missed it. Fell, fell, fell on my backside. Missed it. The cop going, <laughs> yeah, you're better than Michael Owen. So here what now? Michael Owen's injured. But yeah. so it was on. It was a it was a game that was on the TV. The cameras have gone to Michael Owen. He's got a smirk on his face. It's not that <laughs> Gary McAllister walks past me and goes, "Don't worry about it, Clinton. Michael Owen would have scored that." <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, one of those you look into your manager. I look, I went down. I got cramped, man. I need to get subbed. <laughs> but there's a good um, there's a good thing with that Michael Owen because we played against Michael Owen when he was um what was he a youngster in the FA Youth Cup. Yeah, and no word of a lie. I was the man at youth level. I was banging them in, scoring goals for fun. So I was scoring that night. Yeah, scored. Yeah. This brother said, nah, you think you're the man. <laughs> he went and scored a hat trick. And you know what? It's so brilliant. He came out, it was at Sellers. We had a second leg and he went and scored two in the second leg. But I said, he's going to be a player this yeah. kid. But he did. There's one person in particular and you know the guy, God rest his soul, Sugar Ray. He, he come and watch me all the time at Crystal Palace. It was like brilliant for me. Yeah. Always encouraged me, knew how I was. You speak to anybody, he, 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 he loved me. Always saying, Clinton, you're the man and stuff like that. So he came up to me after and Sugar Ray, I could hear him. Clinton. And I'm saying, yeah, I know what you're going to say. He said, Clinton, listen to what me I tell you. See this brother here? He might go be a pro. He's going to be a professional. And I said, Ray, nah, nah. Uh, you think so? And he's like, 100%. And he said, Clinton, I need a picture. I need a picture. And you know where he, go, he yeah, goes? Yeah. So he had, he, had, he had the picture and he said, you're going to be a superstar. And look, he was a superstar. Yeah. So he, he, yeah, he, he, he knew what he was talking about. And that always sticks in my mind because when people always talk about Michael Owen, he already knew from ages. Me and Sugar Ray already knew from day dot that he was going to be a superstar. So God rest his soul because yeah, he's man. a big. Rest he was. Peace, he played. Man. He played a big influence in my career. He played a big influence in a lot of people. Like, yeah. I, like he, I went away on a, like a residential for yeah. like bad kids, and then like he something happened and he gave me a proper grilling. Yeah. Because I could have went out and did something. Yeah. But he gave me a proper grilling. Like I'm thankful for that because God no, knows what would yeah, happen if I did go. Out. No, he's a proper. Proper guy, he knows his football. You ask anybody, not just South London, the whole of London. Yeah, yeah. Every footballer who's made it helps, and he's got that voice. How I was just putting it out. Once you hear that voice, you know it's yeah. that time. It, and sometimes when I'm misbehaving, all he goes is Clinton, <laughs> and I just look, and I'm vexed, but I look the other way, and I'm smiling, and then you can't help, can't you? Yeah, so he was that guy. But no, he played a, he played a big influence in my career as well. Um. Also, apart from the Michael Owen thing, a player came out and said you threatened to shoot him. John. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this John, is, this is John Parkin. That's yeah. rubbish. That, that <laughs> Are I don't, you even like that? Yeah, no, to... I'm not even like that. I don't understand. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm, I've got a big mouth. Without a shadow of doubt, I've got a big mouth on, on the pitch which, for sure. But I always say that to Parkin. Why do you do that? But you know what? That's him trying to, I don't know, put his cast, podcast out there. Because I never said that. What I said to him is, you come to London. My boys will slap you all over the shop. I was like that. Because that's not me. I, I, I always was the one who had a big mouth. Yeah. But then I'd say, 
<laughs> Punch him up for me because I don't want to really be fighting yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I said. I said I'll, I'll, I'll punch him up. I never said that. And when he keeps saying it, because I get a lot of messages and people will think, "Wow, you like that, Clinton?" But I'm not like that. That's just not me. I can talk a lot, and sometimes when you're in the heat of the battle, you do say stuff. But I, I never said that. So when I saw that, it kind of hurt me. I might have said, "Yeah, my friend will come and slap up your face," and that. <laughs> and that's what I probably did say because that's how I was as a yeah. youngster. But now I would never say that because Miss Morrison wouldn't let me say that. That's for sure. <laughs> you mentioned your um your people. Yeah. How do people in the area see you when you become this flashy footballer? Yeah. Jacobs, the first person in ends of a Bentley and that. <laughs> yeah. How do people from the ends that <laughs> to be fair, you see you? Yeah, that's a good question. It's um to be fair, I've never and I don't know, but I know I've got close-knit friends in it like really close-knit friends who always looking out for me so there could have been loads of people in the end who probably don't like me and always probably wanted to move to me or whatever try to rob me you just never know do you yeah but now you know what I was always myself I never changed money money didn't I don't think it didn't it didn't change me I was still the same person listen I had ways about me when I was younger where a lot of people say, oh, you're tight. I'm not tight. I'm careful. Because when you don't <laughs> have nothing, you appreciate it when you get something. Yeah. This is what I try to say to people. People say tight. It's not tight. It's because when you don't have a lot and when you do get a lot, you just be more careful because you don't want to lose it that quickly. So listen, I, I, I yeah, when I was younger, I did have like where I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder. I thought I was the man because all of a sudden everything's coming towards you and you think you're the man and, you know, no one can say anything to you. But then you have a real, realization soon because your mum goes, don't ever forget where you come from and your friends make it known to you. Don't forget where you come yeah. from. And that is the one thing I'd always say now, even to this day, where I can go anywhere, mostly in London. And a lot of people, all the olders or some of the youngers, they'll always say, I'll always show respect. I'll say hello to everyone. And they'll always say to me, you know what? You're, you've always been the same. You never change. You'll always be that Clinton guy. You don't, ever too big time where you'll see me and just drive past and not say hello I'd always say hello and stop yeah. it's like here right now I could say you could you asked me to do this I might have said nah I ain't got no time or to pay do me it. yeah or pay me nah why because I'm trying to help I'm helping people that's what I want to do I always want to give back yeah. I know when it's been hard for me and people have given me opportunities so I want to give back to other people to help them I'm not going to come here and say pay me I'm doing this for the love to help other people out and push their thing forward because that's what we should do yeah decent man yeah. um Let's go back to football a bit. Um, you get a move from Palace. Yeah. Birmingham's yeah. highest, <laughs> highest transfer. Record signing. Record you know, signing. That's the one. Yeah. You must have been gassed. I was gassed, big man. Didn't, let me tell you how I was gassed. <laughs> I, they didn't want to sell me. Went to Simon Jordan, walking around the training ground, said, please, I need to go. I want to play in the Premier League. Please let me go. He's like, yeah, all right, but I'm going to have a buyback clause where I can bring you back. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Just let me go. I'd worked under Steve Bruce, one, the best manager I've worked under. Brilliant. Okay. Got the best out of me. So I wanted wanted to go there. So I remember it happening. We were talking and they, they were linked. Palace were taking ages and then they were linked to another striker. And I was like, yo, mum, you need to ring Steve Bruce because I think he's signing someone else. <laughs> this move, dream move to the Prem is not going to happen. She rang him and he said, nah, she's just brilliant. How can you get your mum to ring the manager? <laughs> so she rang him. And then all of a sudden he said, nah, don't worry. You know, you Clinton will be getting signed. And literally a week later I was signed. Man went up there in some beige suit, <laughs> brown Gucci. You know, like the diamond earrings. Man had the, the chain on, yeah. out, the, the, the watch. The Jacobs was there, but I knew once I got this move, the Jacobs was gone. <laughs> <laughs> the Jacobs was gone. But yeah, and then it, it, it happened. And But the first six months of that, 
every day after training, I was traveling back, traveling back, traveling back. I was kind of homesick. Oh, you know, it? like it's different from London where you live with my mum. Yeah. I'm living by myself now in an apartment and I'm struggling. And it's not even in town because the manager, Steve Priest, is like, you ain't living in town. You ain't going out every night. <laughs> you know what them bright lights are like in Birmingham? <laughs> he said, you're living in a village near me. So I lived near him and it was a struggle. But then... Peter Crouch lived next door and then that it became all right because okay. Crouchy's a funny guy. So, and then it was all right to be fair. But I then the more I got to know the players, I stayed up more often and hardly got home. And you have to be independent and look after yourself. So it was all right in the end. Good move. Nah, good. That's proper. Um, do you think that that help that makes football a struggle? Like people that move away from their, their, their area to a different area? It's hard, but it can make you grow up. It made me grow up. It was a big learning curve for me because let me tell you something. I'd probably still be living at home with, <laughs> with my mum. So it is, it's a different learning curve. It, it's a massive struggle, but you have to grow up. You're in a different area. You're new to the football club. You're the record signing. There's pressure on you. You have to start delivering. Yeah. It's either you're going to sink or swim. Yeah. So, and you, you have to grab it with both hands because there's a lot of people miss opportunities. You go there, you just got to be yourself. You got to think about what got you that move there and how you're going to, how, live, the biggest thing I struggled with is cooking. Mum done all the cooking <laughs> and she didn't teach me how to cook. So okay. I'm struggling there. Mum's trying to do a pizza. Yo, man's doing a pizza. Man still left the wrapper on it, like this, the cling film over the top. I'm saying to <laughs> myself, yo, man reading. like me, I'm struggling here, yeah. mum. You need to come out, come up and help me. I just So I used to go down. She sent me like three or four food up for yeah. the week. Then a couple of nights I'd eat out. So that was the biggest struggle, the cooking. Wait, hold on. I'm not afraid to tell you that because people nah, be cussing me. That, people cool. be cussing me. So this is me being honest. I never really said that <laughs> to people. Yeah, highest transfer transfer record breaker. Yeah, you what? You can't hire a chef. You got you I'm got. You just, hire a chef, you, just got, you, know? you just got signed for like what five mil then? No, that, seven, bro. Oh, sorry, yeah. seven. <laughs> because what? we had to throw Andy Johnson into it, oh, and he became okay. a superstar and was probably worth twenty million in the end. <laughs> seven mil. <laughs> yeah. You must have seen a bit of that as well, Kyle. You get me? You get me? I saw it, but then mum took it. But I saw it, mum took it. Yeah, I could hire a chef. But you know what? Back then, it's totally different to how it is now, you know? Now, footballers will get chefs now. Back then, you're like, yeah, it's all it, in it the was package, different. It? Yeah, yeah. It's in a, it was all different back then. No one really had them higher. It was different diets and stuff. You could eat whatever you want. Go and eat a Nando's on a Thursday or Friday and play on a Saturday. It's crazy. Yeah. Now it's all healthy eating. Football's changed back then. But yeah, nah. And what you're asking me to hire a chef, didn't I tell you at the beginning, I am tired. There's no way I'm paying a chef. I will go and get a takeaway for £10 and fill my belly and still score two goals on a Saturday. Love that, love that. You didn't help yourself though because you had a mad number. One plus nine. Yeah, because I wanted 10. Who told the guy to give away number 10? Some old, some guy, no, Brian Hughes. He was a good footballer there, but he was part of when Birmingham got promoted. So I said to the gaffer, I want 10. He's like, I can't take it off him. So I was like, all right, can I get a one plus nine? So the kit man's like, yeah, I can do that. So he did a one plus nine and yeah, managed to do it. But in the end, the Premier League, I had to get rid of it because they, they, didn't, they didn't like it. Yeah. And they noticed it to about four or five months in and then I had to get rid of it. But I, yeah, I was, I, was, I was gassed on 10. I wore 10 my whole career yeah, okay. until later on in my careers. And then when you're younger, you're all gassed on numbers. When you get older, you don't care. Don't as long as you're nothing. playing in that one to eleven. Yeah. So, what's the derby like? Oh, the derby. Yeah. Oh my! You know, I'm from London. Yeah, I've got a chip on my shoulder. So they told me I'm going out to Birmingham, walking around town. You know, everyone's there saying, "Oh, new signing, rare tear tear." I'm saying, "Yeah, I'm here." Like, oh, you got the big derby next week? Yeah, whatever, man. Man will do his thing. No, it's a big derby. Trust me. When I tell you it's a big derby, it's a big derby. Yeah. It's huge. 
saying, yeah, whatever, I got this. And they're like, why are you so laid back, Claire? I'm saying, it's cool, I got this. So we get to the derby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> nah, they were right. It is a derby. The really? streets were lock off. The fans are, it's the best derby I've played in. They, they just go at each other. It was crazy. Got there. Couldn't even get in there. I'm saying, where do I park my car? The guy's like, oh, I'm going to have to park it for you because we can't get in. I said, yo, yo, bring the Bentley back now. Hey, right, big man, don't bother going take the Bentley and disappear. I know what your face looks like. I took a picture yeah, of him. Yeah, yeah, like, bring it back. So we do that and then the derby and we go and the fans, the atmosphere is unbelievable. Yeah. That, that derby hadn't happened for 17, 18 years. Okay. So it, was a, it was a huge oh, yeah, derby. Villa were yeah, a Villa, big club. Yeah, yeah, big, yeah. And we got then into the Prem. Villa were the team. So first, like 20 minutes is going well and I'm like causing them problems then I remember it like it's tomorrow because they always tell me ball swung into the box Robbie Savage he always says it's a good touch I know Sav well <laughs> he had a bad touch big trampoline in his foot played it to me and I've just got onto it latched onto it buried it into the um, bottom corner so my family are always by the, the um, by the tunnel so yeah. I've gone over to them but something in my head said Yo, I'm one of them mans that whatever I'm watching at the time, I do the celebration. Yeah. So if it's the bogle, it's the bogle. This was house party. So man thought he was kid and play. So man started doing a running man in the corner. Down. Yeah, doing madness <laughs> in the corner. And then from nowhere, all the fans just jumped to me in the corner. Like, all come on the pitch, going mad, everything. Signaled to my mum and my sister that were up there, my friends that were watching. That's and they went man. back. Because that's what I always did. I'd always go and, you know, hey, like my mum in there. After I've done my celebration, go. Because you never forget. And it was big. Hey, we went out after. The city was mine. They, man, they give me the key. Say, yo, Clint, what, you know, what drink do you want? I said, I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> and them lined up orange juice and Red Bull. I said, nah, forget that. You might as well give me some food. Bring some food with me. It went everywhere. So you know, I'm walking up Broad Street. I felt big, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I was just like, I'm the man here. Just untouchable, walked in. Untouchable, yeah? Untouchable, bro. I was good. And then I got on with a lot of people in Birmingham. And yeah, it was, but it's a brilliant night. And then I did the same and scored at Villa Park. Okay. And again, and just, thing, it? it shushed the whole Villa people. But the Villa fans, they didn't, they didn't like me back then. But it was a good rivalry, yeah, really yeah, good it's not, rivalry. It's not, it's not like that now. Like Villa are doing excellent now in the Premier League. Good manager. But back then, yeah, it was good. And the, the atmosphere was fantastic, though. It's one you'll never never forget. But it, it was brilliant. Yeah, but sick, I had the city on lock a few times. So it <laughs> was good, up, man. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> as you say, you're doing your thing. You're doing yeah. Why Ireland? Yeah, good point, you know, White Island. Well, my nan's Irish, so my nan, um, God rest her, so um, my nan was Irish. So I just said to myself, I, I'd just been called up to England under 21s. Yeah. So I'd just been called up. And then Mick McCarthy came to me and said, Ireland got a great chance of going um, to the World Cup. We want you to be part of it. I've decided. So I went and met, um, met my agent. And I said, yeah, I'm interested. Obviously, England under 21s, you always, when you're a youngster, you always dream, obviously, being brought here that you're going to play for England. Yeah. Kind of looked at it and said to myself, you know what, England, you took long. You could, during, if you'd picked me in the 15s, 16s, 17s, 18s, I was good boys. enough. Yeah, yeah, you never yeah. picked me, you overlooked me. In my opinion, I was good enough. When I went trials to them, scored hat tricks upon hat tricks, same thing. Oh, he's too small. Too small what? And now uh, all the small players are probably... Look the at the best, best player players, in the world. Yeah, yeah. Messi. Yeah. Too small. So they used to say too small. So it got to that where they picked me for the 21s and I met Mick McCarthy. It nearly didn't happen though because my agent organised the meeting. I was training at Palace. We were trying to get to the meeting. Mate, we were an hour late. This wow. brother got up, Mick McCarthy, and we were just about to walk out. And then he was like, Clinton, your international career was nearly over before it even started. But he didn't wow. have a go at me. I had a go at my agent because he's the one who organised the okay. meeting. So I was all right. <laughs> but then he just kind of sold it to me. And you know what? Best thing I ever done. Never. Irish fans 
absolutely adored me. Cause let me be honest with you. First time I walked into the building, I was nervous. Cause you know yeah. me being who I am from South London, ain't got no Irish accent in me. Everyone's looking you, at me. Are you in touch with like your Irish family? Your Irish yeah, I was because okay, when, that when we, helps I was then. in touch with them because I'd always go over and visit and go okay, out. That strange. Helps. People laugh at this, but men used to go fishing out with the family. <laughs> Not like to say I like the fishing. <laughs> but it it just, bores me, but you have to do it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. what you buy into the culture and stuff. So it was brilliant. I went and did the fishing with the family and they thought it was the best idea ever. And when I went there, I always remember my debut against Croatia. So I'm warming up. But obviously you're nervous, innit? Yeah. Tell her, like, let me tell you the first time I walked into the hotel because I'm walking into the hotel. Back then, a visu is the, everyone's yeah, wearing yeah, a visu. Yeah, yeah. So I've got the jeans, the parade, um, trainers, the radis. <laughs> I've got the jacket, the chains hanging out. I think I'm the man. Yeah. But I walk in there. They must think this, who's this and then, bad Yeah, boy? and then the kit man went, you know what? Uh, if I was you, mate, I'd take the earrings out, take the chain out <laughs> and just, you know, tone it down a bit because Mick McCarthy's going to come. Roy Keane's going to come. Robbie Keane's going to come. Oh, and, the and big the, boys. The yeah. big boys are in and you've just come into the squad. So chill out a bit. So yeah. I was like, nah, just carried on. Said <laughs> hello to everyone. Better. I ain't changing. This is who I am and this is how I'm rolling, isn't it? Whether you like me or you don't like me. Walked in. They were absolutely brilliant with me. Absolutely first class. Went in, basically, yeah, trained, done well. You have to earn the respect in it yeah. when you go there because... It's, it's totally different. And then, um, yeah, warming up, Croatia. And this is where you, you got the fans and you're thinking, hold on, are they going to accept it? Came on the pitch. My gosh, the biggest roar ever when I come on the pitch. So I'm thinking, these fans are taking to me. And then what happens? Someone has a shot. The ball falls to me. I'm saying, Clinton, you ain't missing from seven <laughs> yards. This is your bread and butter. Pull it in today. Went to the corner flag, kissed the badge. That's when I knew I was 100% Irish. The rest is history, big man. It just took me, they accepted me that happy day. Happy St. Patrick's yeah, Day, man. Yes, happy St. Patrick's <laughs> Day. Yeah, celebrate that with a Guinness real quick. And I don't even drink, big man. <laughs> um, being the, You must have been the only black man. Yeah, yeah. Did I you think... thrive off that? The fact that... They loved you. Yeah. And you're the only black man. I loved it. Yeah, they had Stephen. Um, Stephen Reed was my roommate. He came in after. But yeah, being, yeah, obviously my colour of my skin, I was buzzing. But I was nervous at times thinking, how am I going to be accepted? Obviously, yeah. I'm born in London and I was born in England. And it's obviously difficult to be accepted because there's a lot of Irish players that will think they should be in there that were born in the country. But yeah. they accepted me brilliant, nice, brilliantly. Good, I like 36 caps, which should have been more. I'll be honest with you, it should have been more. Change of management just ruined it for me, even when I was scoring goals. And everyone says that till yeah. now. And I scored nine goals and a lot of those were probably coming off the bench. And, and I went to the 2002 World Cup. So What's that things, like? What's oh, that like? Mate. The World Cup's an absolute joke. It was there for six weeks. It was the best thing ever. You see all the other teams and that yeah. and stuff. And you're, you're in different kind of areas. But when you're meeting up and stuff... I remember playing against us, um, being there involved in when we played Spain and we got our island tracks. The Spanish are coming with their chinos, their shoes, their shirts, sunglasses. I'm saying, yo, you like the park here. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Do you get me? Yeah. But it, it was just a whole different experience. But one one of the best surreal. As a youngster, you always you always grow up and wish that you can go to a World Cup. So yeah. to go to a World Cup, you, li you live out your dream do you know even, what I mean even like watching a yeah. major tournament like with friends it's like there's it's a buzz it's exciting isn't it it's so a imagine buzz imagine being there yeah it was, a, it was a it was a it was a huge buzz it's one of the best um, ever and when you and also going back when you play for Ireland you get to play against the best this is one game I'm getting this out here because I need <laughs> to get this out we played Brazil okay and it was nil-nil but I had a 
unbelievable game. Rocket Junior, Lucio, Lucio, the centre half who played for Inter Milan. They're still looking for me now. I was causing them all kinds <laughs> of problems. Love Cafu that. was trying to catch me. Carlos, <laughs> I said, "Yo, come on, you man. You man can't handle me." I got man of the match that day. It was live on Go TV. On. Yeah. Got the bubbly. I still got man of the match. They had Kaka, Ronaldinho, and the real Ronaldo R nine. Yeah, and he was the man. So I'm on the pitch, and that's my claim to fame. I got man of the match with all those Listen, men on the pitch. So let me get that out there so everyone can hear. You yeah. are one of the few people <laughs> in the world that can say that. Yeah. Like you outshone them yeah, in one oh game. Nine, where was he? Like he's still there now. You get me? I'm there. Now. <laughs> I shouldn't do that because R9 was the nah, best. Yeah, he was, he was yeah, the goal. He was the goal. You got man of the match. I got man of the match. Yeah, I was the best. Yeah, so I felt good, and then. Yeah, I was the man. When I go back to my football club then, I said, no one can talk to me back not. then. Of course not. Man, I had the Cafu shirt as well and just tried to get the R9 shirt, but R9 weren't having a bar <laughs> because he was played at Inter Milan with Robbie Keane. Okay, okay. And they knew each other, so Robbie got it. I said, no. what's going on? <laughs> that reminds me, I need to text Robbie Keane to see if he's got a Ronaldo shirt. <laughs> um, what's Roy Keane like? I see you lot having... Little, you know, little yeah. banter and that with he's, he's kind of best. he respects you at the sky, isn't it? Was he could anyone speak to him at Ireland? See that that's a good question. Um a lot of people were intimidated by Roy Keane. Roy Keane's a winner. What he's won at Man United and in that era, him and Patrick Vieira were the two best midfielders for me in the Premier League in that era. And that's why they had the battles and got so much respect for each other yeah. now. But when he came to Ireland, oh the first day when I was there watching, he had these shorts on that were tight. <laughs> His socks were rolled up. And back then, everyone still got the bright boots. He's got the black Deodora. So I'm saying, yeah. And the jumper, I'm saying, this guy. Everyone talk about Roy Keane's a baller. Mate, when training starts, he's on a different level. Serious. He trains how he plays. I've always learned that and I'll say to youngsters, don't go through the motions in training. Yeah. Train how you play because you can't just turn it on on a Saturday. Some people can. He used to hit tackles, fire the ball in for five, ten yards. And I'm saying, yo, Ray, come on, man. But he's like, you know what? If I fire it into Cantona, Dwight York, Andy Cole, they'll control it. Boy, you have to say, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here now. It's international. So he's saying, you have to deal with it. Yeah. If I say to Bex, deal with that, he deals with it. Scolzi, Giggs. He's just reeling off these names, brother. And you know me, I'm just thinking there, thinking, wow, this guy's the man. Yeah. But then around dinner and stuff, no, I'm thinking there's a seat there, but no one ain't sitting next to Roy. So you know me. Clinton being Clinton, I just go That's up to Ray and say, yo, talk to me. Let's talk about football. So sometimes I'd, I'd annoy him and I know I'd annoy him, but that's <laughs> just the way I am. Brain, yeah, it? yeah, I'm picking yeah. his brain because yeah. I want to be like him. And then sometimes before, it made me laugh, man. I don't know what I was thinking, but before his main dinner, before even the starters of the main yeah. dinner, my mom would have like a fruit bowl with some yogurt. And that's how we'd eat. Yeah. So I'm thinking, Roy Keane won Premier League, champion, all these kind of... I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. So before I've started, I started doing it. So he might rub off on me. Did it? Hell, I didn't play for Man United, but <laughs> it was worth just saying I was copying yeah, Roy Keane. Like, you know what I mean? But he, he was he was brilliant. I still, I speak to him now and he, he's another one. Praises me in the media. Says he loves listening to me. He's, you know, the one thing, I know I'm going off subject here, but the one thing I'd say is, you know, because we spoke about the media stuff, you yeah. know the media, it's good now because you know what? When you go and meet people, like the other day I was at a game, Brendan Rogers came up to me, he's like, Clinton, keep up the good work. I love when you, I love listening to you on TV. That gives me great satisfaction. You're hearing big managers praise me and tell me how well I'm doing. Yeah. Likes of Thierry Omri, I didn't allude to that earlier. He praised me. First time I worked with him was when we were doing a game at Stoke for Sky. I had a message after, but I'm thinking, who's this? And on the day, it was hot, yeah? yeah. When I say hot, <laughs> proper hot. And I had my head was short. We were on the pitch. 
and I was sweating. So I had to say to the makeup woman, yo, she was like panning me down. So all he texts after is sweating out. So then I said, right, is this the real man? And he was like, and all he put is, he didn't put his name yeah. because he put number 14. Better. I love was like, that. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's messaging me and he was like, it was a pleasure working with you. Keep up the good work. And we've stayed friends ever since. Like, we'll, we'll message every now and again. What a guy, he helped me massively. A guy like Thierry Henry don't have to do that to me. Yeah. But obviously, I have that impression on him where I've been gone in there and done my work and being myself. So it's just little things like that where you know when you're doing well in the media that people are praising you. So for all the negative that I c you could get by people on social media, the positive people, the big people that have been around, they praise you. And they're the things that you take and move forward. You know what nah, I mean? That's decent. That's yeah, decent. when I saw that. Yeah. Back to club football. Yeah. We're going to skip a few clubs yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, of course. You was that culture star. I've had too many. You can tell me I was a journeyman. <laughs> a mad journeyman. Yeah, you got to chase. You, yeah, you, you can know, still play. You got to yeah, still play. I'm still enjoying it. So yeah. I knew towards the end, yeah, it was. That we, so we skipped Coventry and Sheffield Wednesday. We'll skip them. Okay. At culture star. But get that in because I don't want Coventry oh, and Sheffield Wednesday fans Coventry, to think we've Sheffield skipped Wednesday, them. I love my time the there, yeah. Top goal scorer at Coventry and, and, again. and the man at Sheffield Wednesday. I went the top on. goal scorer there, but come on, light work. Yeah, now we, we move on. Yeah, we <laughs> move. At, um, at Colchester, <laughs> yeah. um, you was there with a lot of young players. 100%. They yeah. looked up to you as big bro. Yes, what sort of did. advice would you have given them? Yeah, we, they're I just coming into the game and you're on your way. Yeah, um, yeah, way I was. Out. You yeah. are, you're right. I was on my way out. We had, we had people like Magnus, a con guy. He was the captain, but Mags is a big leader. I, to be fair, he was younger than me, but I learned a lot of Magnus. He talks sense, okay. proper sense. He was the... He was like Clint. Some, even at that age, them old ages, I could lose my head in training and he'd be like... So I listened to him. So Magnus, a con guy, a lot of time from... We had Sanchez, what? Talented player from Arsenal. Craig Eastman, super talented, but... I'll get on to them in a minute. Gavin Massey, Dom Voss. Okay. So I'm going on here and Alex Gilby went on and he played at Charlton and Sam Smodic now who went to Bristol City. He's scoring goals at Peterborough. So there's a, Andre Wright. So, there's, so the, the, let me tell you something. See the squad? Players, super talented. Yeah. When I say super talented, should have done much better. Change room was unbelievable. It was just banner every they day. They must have gassed Every you. day. But for the life of me, you will know them. And I always say it to him, Craig Eastman, yeah. Should not be playing at that level. Should have not been playing at that level. For whatever reason, Sanchez yeah. what? Should not have been playing at that. Gavin Massey went on and played championship. He started out like that, done ever so well. And the rest went on and had good careers. Mags was getting old, but yeah. Mags had a really good career as well. But those two players I pick out, Sanchez what? Were talented. Some of the things, and Craig Eastman, super talented. Sanchez what? Very good, but they, I just wanted to push themselves. So I tried to be that, you know, that father figure yeah, to say, yeah, yeah. Clint, I'm you, you two. Go on. You can be the best that you want to be and push yourself and push yourself and push yourself. And listen, they did have good careers, but I just believe them two players with the ability they had because should have played at a higher level yeah. for much longer because they were fantastic players like Dom Voss as well. I know you've done him. Dom is the most Voss. talented baller I've probably worked with. One of the most, I would say, I've worked with. His feet are a joke. Yeah, His feet are a joke. But sometimes you're always thinking, what more do you want? Push yourself that yeah. extra limit. And sometimes it is about luck and being in the right place. Football is about luck sometimes, but then how much do you want it as well? Because there could be two or three people at the same time and you're thinking, I'm better than him. But he's got that opportunity because he was there at the right time. So some of it is luck, but then some of it is how much do you want to yeah, be there? Yeah. And those three players were exceptional. But Craig Eastman, we all know about Craig. He, he's the one who I think, captain of Sutton now. So they could come up from the conference yeah, now. He's doing well yeah. and I'm happy he's doing well because he's a good kid and someone I've got a lot of time for. But 
I feel like, and he'll probably tell you himself, he could have probably have done more with the ability he had because he's ability. But that Colchester dressing room was fantastic. They, did, they, did they keep you young? Because I see you in oh, the off-white, the listen, yeah, they, that. Keep, they keep me young, big man. They keep, <laughs> nah, yeah, they keep, I thought I'm coming on the show. I've seen everyone dress on there. I can't wear a stiff suit on there. Man telling me you can't wear a suit on there. So I can't wear a suit like I'm working on Sky. So I've got to just come in my casual gear. But yeah, at Colchester, they kept me young. It was, they, it was good. They, they, they give, sometimes in the morning, you're coming in and you're thinking and they'll keep the energy up. So the young boys at Colchester, a lot of time for them a real lot of time for them. They were a good bunch of um, players and good bunch of kids at the time, but exceptional talent as well. Yeah, now you've had a decorated career, very mm. World, World Cup, yeah. playing for your country, Mr. Palace, yeah. Birmingham, Derby scoring. Life after football, you've decided to hang your boots up. Yeah. What's going on? What are you thinking? I know you spoke about you as depressed, <clears throat> Yeah, but apart from the depression bit, what are you doing day to day? Well, look, can you not see me? I'm smiling, I'm beaming. So life's good for me at the minute. I'm doing a lot of media. So media takes up my time. Okay. Mostly um, during the day. I also coach um, a young team in Leicester, Football First Academy, which my son plays for. And the team's good. It's got some really good youngsters. So I like to give back. So I train them twice a week and I, we play on a Saturday and Sunday in a league, MJPO league. So it's good and it's got a lot of talented players. So that's what I'm, do I'm doing at this precise moment. A lot of people say, to me get would you go back to Crystal Palace in the academy setup? Which at the moment I, I do like the coaching. I've done my B license. I am doing my A, but at this precise moment, I love the media. Yeah, I don't want to change no, from the media. That's what I mean. Keeps us entertained. That's what I'm trying to say, and that's what I try to do. I, I'm happy that you said it because I'm keeping another person happy, yeah. and that's what you try to do. But no, I'm thoroughly enjoying the media. It's one of the best things I could have chose to do, and I just try to be myself, and I think that's the best thing you can do. I always say to someone. Always believe you can do something in life. You can achieve your goal yeah. and push hard for it. And there will always be haters and doubters that will try to put you down and just leave them on the side and just keep walking forward and you will achieve it. I had loads of doubters when I went into the media. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do this. Now, them same people that are telling me I can't do it are messaging me saying, oh, you know when football starts again? Can you get us tickets? I don't even have their number. So I, 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 plus four, four. I, yeah, plus four. Yeah, I don't know your number, mate. So don't call me. You didn't want to know when I was not doing anything, but now I've done well and pushing. But you know what? Ne always, always believe in yourself and keep the dream alive because it can happen and never stop. Always achieve to be the best. I always want to be the best. Listen, I won't be the best at the media because there's some fantastic ones, but I always have a goal that I want to be at the top. Yeah. And then I want people to knock me down off the top. And that's what I'm trying to do at this precise moment. Okay. Always willing to listen and learn. And I've got good people around me. As I said, the likes of Ian Wright, Omri, other people pushing me, helping me out and stuff like that. And it's, it's brilliant. And the people at Sky, all the people, the bosses and that have been excellent towards me. Um, This popped into my head. I was meant yeah. to ask you earlier. Your mum was a big factor in your life. Mm. Like she's your pillar. She's yeah, your rock. Course. Was your dad not about? Yeah, you, yeah, it's good. I'm glad you asked me that because, yeah, we didn't miss that. He, listen, my dad left when I was, when I say about seven or eight, I'd say. Everyone knows my dad, isn't it? Like, everyone. Okay. He knows he's a big <laughs> man around around South and that. So, yeah, they do They um, they um, do know him. He's, he's, he's one of the old school and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he didn't have a part and he obviously leave. Listen, mums and dads break up. Yeah, I yeah. get that. And this is the one thing I've took out, out of it. If I ever finished with my missus, I still be that father. You have to be that father yeah. figure. And some, there's sometimes my mum done a brilliant job 
But you need it. You sometimes need it, you yeah, need to speak to yeah, your dad about certain yeah. um, situations. So mum had to do the mum job and, and the, the dad, dad job, yeah. job at the same time. And then you know what hurts me the most? And I've, I've now speak to my dad. It, I didn't speak to my dad for about nine or ten years. He didn't want to make no contact with me, even when I'm being a professional footballer. Oh, I would have thought he would have come. That's come what knocking, I'm thinking, yeah. man. But he's not like that. Okay, my man's okay. stubborn. <laughs> like, he don't. He don't play. He, he he won't like it. And I'll tell you something which no one knows in a minute because and it, and it's a. But I don't mind tell, telling you it here, and you'll know why. He's probably got the hump, and and I'll tell you in a minute why he's got the hump. But um, so so we're doing that, and then you hear all of his friends saying, "Oh, you know what." Your, your, your dad, you're doing well, man. He's proud of you. I said, why? How do you know? He's like, when he sees you scoring goals, he always says, I'm my boy, that. But at the end of the day, why don't you make contact with me? Yeah. And then I'll bring him tickets. Listen, because you don't play a part in my life, dad. It takes two, two people to bring me into this life. You brought me into this life. Because yeah. you ain't been there for what, how many years? I ain't going to forget who you are. Yeah. I'm going to be the same person that I am to you. I, I appreciate my mum loads because it was a struggle. And she she's a queen and done a diamond and done everything. But I'm not going to forget you. And then I do speak to him now and I look after him and I will buy him stuff and stuff like yeah. that. I do speak to him. But then you'll speak to him and then... You won't hear from him for two or three years. I'm like, Dad, are you cool? Like, are you all right? But it's just the way he is. Okay. But I know why he's at, he, he was burnt. Because when it got to 16, 17, and I'm old enough, see my second name. That wasn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been Clinton Morrison. Okay. I changed my name. I was my dad's name. I changed it. And this is why I don't mind telling you. This is how you know. Because when I've done things before, I've never told people. Yeah. But I was Clinton. Obviously, I went, my mum's a Morrison. So I went Clinton Morrison. See me, I'm a Chambers. I was a Chambers, so I was Clinton Chambers. Okay. So I would have been playing football being Clinton Chambers, but I Doesn't changed. Doesn't have the same ring to no, it. No, I don't. Clinton Morrison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went Clinton Morrison and changed my name and he didn't like it because he felt, you know, it weren't good enough. But dad, you wasn't around at that time. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I've, but I, you know what? I've always, I've grown up over the years a lot. I have grown up a lot and I could have always disliked my dad. But as I said, it took two people to bring me into this earth. My mum is, the main person she was unbelievable but yeah. I still respect my dad even though he didn't play a major part in my life always have respect for my dad nah, that's that. the one thing I can do so anyone it's difficult because growing up sometimes people will only have a mother and then only a father but be the best that you can at yeah. the job and that's why I say to people even if you're not with the mother go and look after your kids and look course, after your course, kids because course. you know what it's hard and, yeah. and at times I did find it hard and I, I always feel sometimes when I was misbehaving and naughty mum done well and yeah would you know discipline me yeah. and give me that hard little slap every now and again <laughs> but sometimes I feel like sometimes if you had a dad there and you're having that conversation it could be different and, and they're the things that you miss doing dad and son stuff yeah, but yeah. mum played that part anyway but you have no you can't have no can't look back and have no regrets because I've ended up alright better than alright man that's what I'm, well <laughs> I, I leave you to say that but yeah um yeah, man, you've dropped so many gems. I don't even have to ask you for advice, like advice for the younger players, because you've dropped it. You, you're, you're. Well, a I'm big enjoying bro. it. You yeah. ask me what you want, big nah, man. You're I'm a big in the bro, mode, man. You're a big bro, yeah, yeah. and we're just, we're just gonna have to end it there because. Okay, you, yeah. If you feel like there's anything you miss, you can do it. Nah, man, we're good, I'm all man, right. We're good, okay, man. thank brother. you for coming on. No, nah, no, nah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime, and I hope this podcast. It, grows all the time and you're doing well you've had some fantastic guests on so keep yeah thank keep you inspiring man. man and keep chasing that dream you'll get there i will do thank you so much quick fire out. yes bro favorite player played with or just favorite now player in general oh in general yeah oh favorite player in general 
I'd say now is Messi. I love watching Messi, but my favourite player of all time, R9. Real okay. Ronaldo. I thought he was a special player. Worst trainer, but best on a match day. Mm. That's a tough one, you know. That oh, you got me there, you know. Where's Jane? I'm trying to think now. Who do you think like right? Oh, he's dead, but in the match days, like, how? Why don't you train like that? All right, you know what? Worst trainer, yeah. Hear this, hear this. Worst trainer, Christoph Dugarry. He's a World Cup winner. He played for AC Milan. Yeah. Came to Birmingham. Worst trainer. Serious. Best player on the pitch on a Saturday. Unbelievable. One game. Mash up Marcel Desai, but he's won the World Cup, yeah, so you yeah. can't complain. But yeah, that was one, yeah, okay. Um, most skillful player you faced, ah, oh. there's two Ronaldinho and Zidane, okay, right. Hey, yeah, yeah, easy took me one way and I went out the stadium, <laughs> bro, when we played France, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, favorite pre match meal, ah, that's easy, bro, chicken. Beans and toast. Mad. Can you believe that? That was my pre-match meal. Chicken, beans and toast. Yeah, it's crazy. I know you're thinking, hey, that's, what's going on here? Mad. But back then, we had some mad ones. <laughs> but that's the pre-match. <laughs> Biggest adrenaline rush you've had in football? Oh, yeah, that's a good... Mm. You know what? Every time I scored, it was adrenaline rush. But I'd, I'd say scoring on my debut for Crystal Palace against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, that was the biggest one. What's your superstition before a game? I like to be the last one out. So, yeah. you know, when we walk out, yeah. I'm the last one. And okay. anyone don't argue. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment? No. I should have definitely done more on these. I should have thought about this. You're getting me <laughs> here, you know. Most embarrassing. I'm, I wouldn't... I'm not in... Probably the most, nah, I scored still because I slipped over, the ball hit my bum, but it went in. That's not embarrassing because I still scored, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Now, can I come back to that? Let me think about that. Can I come back? I've got one for you. Go on, yeah, you probably have. Go on. The air kick. Yeah, that you was, was giving yeah. it beans and nah, the media yeah, killed yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good, that, that is because it's not really most embarrassing. Yeah, that's a good one. That's the most embarrassing. The air kick in front of um, that Anfield because I was giving it big time to yeah. them Liverpool players, yeah. And any regrets? Oh, that's a good one. But you know what? Nah, because the career I've had, I ain't having no regrets. It's been fantastic. You always get regrets along. But sitting here now, nah, no regrets. Perfect. Nah, Clinton Morrison, thank you very much. Thanks, mate.